Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Pastor Sean has been talking about spiritual growth and how it requires personal responsibility, right? So um, these are kind of the questions that came to me because I feel like just in conversation and talking and just kind of watching where we're at as a church, I think, in America, and and I'm not going to get political here at all, but there have been some things stirring in my heart um, that I want to share with you this morning. So I appreciate you sticking with me and pulling and listening, right? Amen? Um, But um, the personal responsibility part of what Pastor Sean's been talking about, and sometimes uh, we can be walking through life and feel like we're being tossed, you know, and, and even in our mind and our thought, we allow our thoughts to just kind of go everywhere and just be tossed, you know. You don't have to physically feel like you're being tossed, but you can feel like you're being tossed inside emotionally and just in your soul, really, right? Our spirit's steady, amen? And um, so I was looking at this scripture in Matthew 7, and I'm realizing Okay, there's a key to not feeling like the winds and the waves and the storm is blowing me around. And praise the Lord, Jesus has accomplished so much for us that we can remain steady in the midst of a storm. Hallelujah. How many have noticed there's a storm going on? There's a storm of brewing right? By the way, you're welcome for me switching my snow prayer to rain. You're welcome. (laughs) Hallelujah. We need the rain. Amen. So in Matthew 7, we're going to look at this real quick this morning, and uh, we're going to start in verse uh, 24. And this is um, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, okay? And it says in verse 24, So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 26, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid, foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great and complete was the fall of it. Now this is talking about salvation, but I want you to know that salvation has to do with your life, right? Okay? Every part of it, right? We're walking out what he's purchased for us and everything. So this is actually talking about um, also the storms that come in life, okay? Verse 24 and 26. Notice there are two different builders here, right? And they had one thing in common, and that was that they heard. So both builders heard. Both heard the, the word of the Lord. Both heard from the Lord. Both, both had that come to them and heard what was being said, heard the truth that came forth. But only one was left standing when the storm came against. The one that was left standing was the one who not only heard the word, but then applied the word. See, this word is a foundation for our life. This word is so firm and so constant and so trustworthy that we can literally lay this before us and step out onto it and know that it's not going to crumble, it's not going to fall, The winds won't be able to take it away. They won't be able to knock us down. 
will have stability on the word of God. So we see that it's not enough to just hear, but in order to build a solid foundation, we have to be doers of the word. We have to apply the truth of the word of God to our situation. So basically, you can hear the word, and you're just like the person who didn't hear. Except for now, you've got responsibility, right? <laughs> they go, those who have not heard, you know, whatever that scripture is, you get it. Right? You remember. I'm sure you all do. <laughs> but, we've, but it's like they had never heard. And we're going to look at this further in just the parable of the, the sower as well, the seed and the sower. But taking the word is called, and taking this in is called knowledge. All right? You know, you can have a lot of knowledge. You can get a lot of knowledge. You can take in and take in and take in and take in and just stuff it all in there and get it all in the, you know, every nook and cranny, right? Take in knowledge, but the correct output or application of that knowledge is called wisdom. So knowledge is necessary before wisdom is produced because you've got to hear first, right? You have to hear about your foundation before you can apply it to your life. Isaiah 33, 6, and you don't have to turn there, but it says, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. So we've got knowledge, the word of God. Now I'm going to talk to you about like three different steps here this morning. But both builders heard, but both did not stand the storm. The one who did not apply or activate the rock in their life was left just as bad as if you had never heard. Okay? The design is to remain steady when the winds blow. Now, I'm going to say some things. And I've had to even check myself on some of these things. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And we are not regulated by their ideals and their way of doing things. We are run and ruled by and guided by the word of truth. Amen? And I have never seen this so much before. Maybe you have seen this as well. But we as believers are called to be light. You know, like that last song that we were singing that the harvest is ripe, that he's alive, that we've got a life and we've got something to give people that are lost, that are being tossed in the storm, that are being moved. But you know what? I've seen a lot of believers tossed and moved and knocked over and allowing those winds and those waves to just thrash on them to move them, some of them, sadly, move them off the truth of the word of God. And it's not supposed to be that way. Amen? And so um, there have been some things, uh, you know, just in my life that the Lord has dealt with me about, but the design for us is to remain steady in the storm, to be a light and an example of an unwavering resolve. Unflinching and uncompromising. I am so tired of compromising. Of people who know the truth of the word of God compromising with the enemy. In the name of love. So I'm not going to get political here, okay? Stay on task. Just stay on task. All right? So the difference in a rock foundation and having a sand foundation is hearing the word of God and then obeying. Now listen, we're not called, we're not told to hear the word of God and then try to analyze it all out in our minds of what that means or what it looks like. We're told to hear the word of God and then step out onto that foundation and know that it is going to be stable, it is going to be pretty, and it is enough to hold me up. It is absolutely more than enough to hold me up. 
So an example of this in mind, so, um, you know, you can, you can feel like, how many have ever felt like they're going around the same mountain? Stop it, right? <laughs> Let's stop it. That, more, that mountain's getting boring, you know? We're not supposed to do that. And so I had to ask the Lord just in some personal things in my own life, Lord, why does it feel like I'm continually tossed by this thing? Or it's just kind of there. It's a wave. It's a nuisance. It's, it's trying to kick me off. It's trying to, it's just, it shouldn't be there. I know it shouldn't be there. And he said, what is the word that I told you to obey? Now, see, sometimes we do this, and I can say this because it's happened to me, okay? God will speak a word of direction to us, and it's difficult on our flesh to obey there. Or maybe we obey for a little while, and then we think, well, that's not working. And so we draw back, and we think, well, maybe I can try this way. God, what should I do? And you don't hear anything. Because you've already heard now it's time to obey. You've already heard. God is not, I think he gets it right the first time. <laughs> right? He's not trying things out. Well, let's try this one with Mike and see what it work, if it works. And then if it doesn't work, he's like, oh, sorry, Mike. <laughs> Wrong one. God does not do that. He is perfect. He is God. And he knows exactly what word we are supposed to step out on and build our foundation upon. So if you find yourself tossed here and, and there, go back to what he originally told you and get it straight. Amen? I've had to do this. So he, he has that direction for everything in our life. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about this morning, man, time flies up here. But the first thing is that I see in this is we must hear the word. We must hear the word. I'm going to read some statistics to you, and I'm not a huge, huge stats person, but I knew that this was probably the case. So, um, but I know everybody in here, we fall in the right statistic group. I'm sure of it. Keep that in mind as we go into this, okay? And this is Barna. Everybody's heard of Barna, correct? The group, they do different statistics and things, and I, I believe they're Christian-based. Um, but it says, how often do you use the Bible on your own? How often do adults in America use the Bible on their own? 11%, and this is where we all fall into, seven days a week. Hallelujah. I hear you. Four plus, um, or five percent say four to six times a week they go to their Bible. Four, five percent. Nine percent say two to three times a week. These are, these are, these are, I'm guessing believers, because a believer doesn't go to the Bible. 9% once a week. 8% once a month. 8% three or four times a year. 8% once or twice a year. 13% less than once a year. 29% never. Another study that I looked at, 82% of Christian Americans only read their Bibles on Sundays. No wonder there's so much flip-flopping, blowing around, garbage that's going on. It's just we don't know what our foundation is. We're not even taking time to hear when I say we, we're not talking about you. I'm talking about we out there. We're not taking our time to hear. This is how we have had so much 
well, that's their truth. Well, that's their truth. Well, this is their truth. Oh, well, in this one, that's my truth. No, no. There is only one truth. And it is the word of God. So 82% of believers. Matthew 4.4, let's turn there real quick. And it says, and this is the Amplified, but he replied, it has been written, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from from the mouth of God. So it's interesting to me here that... um, Well, let me read the message to you real quick. It says, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. A steady stream of words from God's mouth. This is how we are in this world, but not of it, okay? If we do not even know what our foundation is, you're not even going to know how to properly step out and even know what stability is. You won't have it in your life. I won't have it in my life. If I don't learn how to hear the word of God and to take it in and then believe that I can step out on that and believe that it is paving a foundation for me to live by, all right, then I'm not going to have stability. I am going to be blown here and there and everywhere. And everything that comes up against me I am not going to have enough stability in it of my own natural self to try to combat that thing. Do you understand what the Lord is saying here? Okay, you need the natural food for your body, but listen, you need my spirit, you need my word to be victorious in this life. And if you'll let me in, and then you will begin to learn how to apply that word, I will bring my supernatural into your natural Yes, he does do that. And yes, he wants to do that. And we've talked about this before, but we don't separate things out in our life. These things I do by myself and these things I allow and apply the word of God to. We are to live and move and have our being in him. And part of that is, is you need to know what he says in his word. We are going to be a church that devours this word, that lives on it, and see wonderful victories because we simply hear and obey. Simply hear and obey. Jesus had brought that natural, he had talked about the food for our natural body, but then what we need, his word to live and be victorious spiritually. The word supernatural means beyond and above the natural and is where God operates. The realm of interaction between God and man, and it is God who wants his children to live and operate from this realm. See, sometimes I think maybe we don't operate from the realm of the spiritual and the truth is because it just doesn't make sense to our natural mind. We Remember, we are not called to make sense of the foundation. We're called to believe that it is what it is because God said it is and step out on it and then watch him bring the provision through our obedience. It really is simple. It really is that simple. It's our flesh and our emotion that we have to get past and get into our spirit, man, and know that his word is truth and it's alive, amen? And it will work. It does not fail. So according to this verse in Matthew 4.4, if we have left, if we have not properly taken in as sustenance the word of God, the words from his mouth, then we are malnourished. You see that? 
Yeah, we may be sustaining ourselves as far as we can. Thank you for the mercies of God, right? And the grace. But we could be so much stronger and less weak. I don't, I don't want to be a weakling. And he says in there that you need the words to live. You need his words to live. Um, we're left, if we don't do that, we're left deficient, weak, and without a foundation when the winds blow. I love how F.F. Bosworth, and I think actually Brother Hagen repeated this um, as well, but Christians wonder why they are so weak. You know where I'm going. I'm sure you've heard this one. They feed their flesh three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week. Now, we don't feed cold snacks here. But I'm going to break it to you. If this is all you get of God in a week, you're not going to be able to stand the storm. You're going to be tossed all over the map. Okay? Proverbs 4.20, and we'll turn to this one. And it says, My son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all Vigilance, and above all that you guard, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. His words are important. The message in that says, "Dear friend, listen well to my words. Turn, tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live. They really live." body and soul. They're bursting with health. Romans 10, 17, and we won't turn there, but that's talking about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is no other way that faith comes but by hearing the word of God. You want to grow in your faith and stretch and develop in that area You've got to read the word of God. That's what it says in, in um, Romans 10, 17. So if you want to build your faith, you get in the word. But remember, we're not, we're not the 82%, right? Nope, not here. We love the word of God. We honor the word of God. And that's actually the second thing that I saw in, in this that the Lord was dealing with me is, is that we must honor the word of God. I remember Keith Moore talking about this, and man, this just stuck with me. But he said, when the word of God is being taught, when it's being uh, uh, released and it's going forth, and people, I mean, you sit up and you listen and you hear, because these are the words of God speaking to us. Life and healing. They're, remember, it says in Proverbs, they're healing to all of our flesh. Do we believe that? Do we, do we believe that his word is truth? Do, do we believe that this is God speaking to us? Do we believe that there's so much power in this word that it changes things? Do we really believe that? Do we treat his word as truth, the truth? Do we listen carefully to his word? It is, listen to this, the Lord spoke this to me. It is dangerous to judge the consistency or the constant of God's word on people's individual experience. Now, if that experience lines up with the word, then that is a true testimony. But here's an example that the Lord gave me, because um, I'm telling you, this is where you have to watch for this. And... And maybe this is something that you've believed or whatever, but I'm believing for light to come and illumination to come to our eyes, even at a greater level. But um, I, you know, so I've been married to Sean for, like I said, 23 years. And I know that's not as long as some, but hey, we've passed Hollywood's expectations, so. 
But when his, when Sean's character is challenged, when somebody's challenging, like, his character issues, like if he's, you know, deceptive or lying or any of that, man, I know him. And he is not that. And something rises in me, or the feathers, I don't know, what is that? That <laughs> I have no idea. But I know when those accusations come and people think that I know, no, I've seen this man at home. He is what he preaches. He is not perfect, but in 23 years, he has never, ever lied to me. He is a man of integrity. And I will stand to that. And I may even fight you in an alley. <laughs> I don't know if I'd win, but... <laughs> oh, I'm showing up. <laughs> I say that to say, when people come and judge the character of God, and one of the biggest was, now I just want you to hear me here because this is a big one in the church. That some kind, sometimes God heals and sometimes he doesn't. Hang with me. The scripture says that if me being an evil parent, it says father, knows how to really bless, give to their children, all of those things, how much more? And I put myself in the father's, or in that position and I say, okay, wait a second. If he is a way better parent than me, would I ever wish upon my child sickness and disease and tragedy? If I would wish that upon them, then I am saying that I am a better parent than God. And that's not the case. God is perfect. God is perfect. So that was just a little side note there. Don't allow the enemy to deceive you there. God is not the author of that. He, is, he comes to give life and life in abundance. He comes to give health and healing. He comes to give good things and blessing. And, and yes, there's discipline in there, but he does not discipline with a cold or a flu or a sickness in your body. I do not discipline my kids like that. I would never discipline them like that. God is a perfect father. And so, and so, um, I don't know how I got off on all that, but, um, oh, about just the consistency of God's word and not judging the word of God and the truth of his word based on somebody else's experience. And when somebody comes to me and says, I was healed in my body, this tumor disappeared, I'm going to say, yeah, that's my God. True testimony. But if somebody comes to me and says, well, God took them home because he had better plans for them, I'm going to say, nope, not my God. I know his character. So this is why it's important that we hear the word of God for our foundation and not be blown every which way. 2 Timothy, and I'm going to read these real quick so you don't have to turn there, but write them down. And these are in different, a uh, couple different translations. But 2 Timothy says that um, in 3, 16 and 17, and this is the Weymouth translation, every scripture is inspired by God. God breathed. It is useful for teaching, for convincing, for correction of error, and for instruction in right doing. Isaiah 48 in the Amplified says, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Psalm 119, 160 in the New King James, The entirety, the entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Let me tell you what truth means. For those people out there that think we have our own, all have our own truth. Truth is actually the infallible word of God. Incapable of error, never wrong, unfailing, dependable, thus absolutely trustworthy. That is the word of God. That is what truth means. 
Psalm, one, or tw- Psalm 12, 6 in the New King James, the words of the Lord are pure words. They are flawless, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. John 17, 17 in the New King James, sanctify, cleanse them by your word, for your word is truth. John 8, 31 through 32, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah, right, that's right. The truth shall make you free. Not the lie, not somebody else's truth, not the world's truth, not the majority of some of these so-called Bible Christian churches. I'm, I'm talking about the ones that have turned and compromised the truth. There is no freedom in that. Truth brings with it freedom. It's not binding, it's freedom. So the word is applied. So this means that when the word of God is applied to your situation by faith, it's unfailing, never wrong, completely trustworthy. Hallelujah. The answer to every human need and the power to carry it out is in the word. We are the applicator. We apply it. Remember, you can keep that knowledge on the inside of you, but if you don't ever obey it or apply it to your life, then you're going to be tossed to and fro just like everybody else who hadn't heard anything. That's what the scripture says. So continue disregard to pay no attention to, ignore, treat as unworthy, and dishonor his word will affect our ability to be spiritually productive and eventually make us spiritually unfruitful, infertile, and unfruitful. See, a true disciple and a follower of God not only hears the word, but applies the word to their life. And I know it's not easy on our flesh sometimes, and it's not easy on our emotion, and I'll tell you this, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes what he tells us to do just doesn't make sense. But we're not stepping out on our own ability. We're not stepping out on our own man-made foundation we're stepping out on the truth that cannot fail cannot err truth of the word of god and i'm telling you what if we are going to be a light to this generation and be different shine bright we are going to have to make sure that we get into the word of god and then we learn how to apply it in our life and that will be the testimony that people need to see we're not going by what everything is what's happening out there we're not going by we talked about this cuz this is, happens to be just a touchy subject right now the gas prices we're not going by any of these listen we're not even going to get so i got to be careful how I say this. We are in a war. We are believing God. And he is moving in our nation. And there are things happening right now that are disgusting. Downright lies of the enemy. But if we do not learn, hear me now, if we do not learn to establish ourselves in the truth of the word of God and then begin to obey it and step out in it, we will not help what's going on. I'm telling you, we will not help. Guard the word that's been in your heart. Guard what he said to you. Guard what you're reading. I'm telling you this too. When you begin to read and dive into the word of God, you begin to hunger it uh, after it more and more. It is like cultivating a hunger in you for more of God's word. And then when you begin to apply it to your life and you begin to see that it doesn't matter what it looks like or what it feels like, this supersedes it because this is truth. This is my reality. This is what I stand on. This is what I base everything I do on is the word of God. You will see that it will be firm enough to hold you steady in the storm and it will get you through to the other side every single time. But do not compromise. 
Do not compromise. Don't compromise the truth. It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear that God created man and he created woman. And they're the ones that can produce. And that is what a family is. And that is what a marriage is. There is one truth. And I don't say that because, listen, we are coming to a time where we are going to get the privilege to minister to people that have been deceived. And I will tell you this, that in this church, we will not be afraid to speak the truth. We'll speak it in love, but we will not be afraid to teach the truth because as far as I can see, according to John 17, um, which one was it? John 8, 31, 32, that, that um, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now let's bring it back to your own personal life. You shall know the truth and it will make you free. And it makes you free in your life. Those things, those, those things that you've been continually going around or dealing with. What does the word of God say about it? And have you stepped out in obedience on what he has said? Because that's where your foundation and your freedom is going to be. That's where my foundation and my freedom are going to be. And then when we do step out on those words that he gives us, we hold fast to those things. We're patient we don't give in. We're not easily pulled away. And I actually don't have time to go to it this morning, but um, in Matthew uh, 13, it talks about the different kinds of soils. And actually, we're going to turn there and probably end on this. So hang with me. You're doing good. This is, this is a big deal. God expects us as disciples to know his word. And believe it's true and act on it. To not complicate things, to know his word, to believe it's true and act on it. And in uh, Matthew chapter 13, it says, um, starting in verse 19, and this is the meaning of the parable of the sower, okay? While anyone is hearing the word of the kingdom and does not grasp and comprehend it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That is what was sown along the roadside. That's the parable there. Verse 20, as for, the, as for what was sown on thin, rocky soil, this is he who hears the word and at once welcomes and accepts it with joy. Yet, it doesn't really have root in him. But it's temporary, inconstant, lasts but a little while. And when affliction and trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, at once he is caused to stumble. He is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him who he ought to trust and obey. And he falls away. Verse 22, as for what was sown among thorns... This is he who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the pleasure and delight and glamour and deceitfulness of riches choke and suffocate the word, and it yields no fruit. I actually think um, that this is probably in verse 22 where a lot of Christians will live sometimes. You know what I mean? You allow the word, we allow the word to come in, and then distractions come. It's actually, if you want to listen to a good series, Mike's been teaching on the um, gleaning. And um, I think it was last week you said that have we taken the time to go over the things that the Lord has spoken to us? Have we actually looked at those again? Or have we heard things, and you know when this happens, that just get you right in the heart, in your spirit, and you know, yeah, Lord, I hear you. And then we walk away and we forget because sometimes the distractions are so much that we don't have time to sit down and just look at his word and just listen. Or the cares of the world. We get so uh, you know, caught up in what's going on on the news or what's being said here and what's being said there. Or we get caught up in our workplace and what's happening there. We're not cultivating 
that soil for that word to soak in and to begin to bear fruit in our life because that's the design. The design is, is that we take the word of God in, it goes into good soil, and we bear fruit. Let's look at it in verse 23. As for, those, as for what was sown on good soil, this is he who hears the word and grasps and comprehends it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundred times as much as was sown, in another sixty times as much, and in another thirty. I want to bear fruit. I absolutely want to bear fruit. Psalms 119.11, don't turn there, but it says, Your word I have treasured and stored in my heart that I may not sin against you. You're having areas maybe in your life where you're dealing with different, maybe hang-ups of sin, where the enemy's continually trapped you, you feel weak in your flesh. Are you hiding his word in your heart? Are we hiding it there? Are we keeping it there? Let me tell you what this does, okay? This is how this is supposed to work. I'm going along, and I'm getting to know God in my life. I'm reading his words. I'm taking them in, right? Because we sometimes think about being a doer of the word is too hard and it's too much work. It's very actually very simple. So I'm, I'm studying, and yesterday I'm going through my do, day doing my natural things, but always aware that the Lord is there, and he's speaking. And a thought rises up in me because something happened that I could have taken offense to. Do you know how you do the word? Okay. That rised up, or that rose up, came at me, and I had a choice in that moment. Do I follow this on the outside that's trying to come at me or do I grab from the treasure of the word of God that I've hidden in my heart so that I can walk through this situation release the word of God to it and not sin and not be in my flesh and the word that rose up in me note love is this way yo you're right thought came to me again nope this is what I'm doing thought came to me again nope this is what I'm doing thought came to me again like I said this is what I'm doing (laughs) get away I'm not taking it you can get feisty with the enemy okay you should she get right in his face he's not scary he's weak That is how you do the word of God. But if I didn't have that word hidden in my heart, then I wouldn't know what to do in that situation where that situation could have messed up my whole day. I almost said hair, but no. (laughs) Storms do mess up your hair, and I can't stand the wind. But they mess up your whole day. But instead of that, because we've treasured the word in our heart, then we are able to release that. And that is called doing the word, right? Being obedient to the word. Uh, This is what the word says of how I respond to that thing trying to come against me to ruin my hair. I like it. I'm sticking with that. Also like this. Ooh, and I love this. This is the Holy Spirit, the Word working together. Something comes up in you. Maybe it's a physical thing. And the Word of God comes out. You, you see, because when we know these and hide these in our heart, God knows exactly which weapon we're to pull out for that fight. You see how that works? It says this in Hebrews 4.12. And I'm actually going to real quick before I bring up this point. We'll close with this. I promise. Maybe. I don't want to be a liar. (laughs) Listen to this. The word of God speaks. The the word that God speaks is alive and full. Everybody say full. Full. Of power. Making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Oh, so effective. 
It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. This is why the word of God is called our weapon. So when something rises in front of me, Maybe it's something in my body physically. And I've hidden the word in my heart. And the Holy Spirit then doesn't bring up all thousands of scriptures on healing. I don't know. But the word of God, the Holy Spirit raises in my heart, out of me, comes the word, by his stripes I was healed. Now listen. Allow the Holy Spirit to prompt you. These are Zoe life, rhema words that the Holy Spirit brings up because you've been hiding the word in your heart. It could be, all right, to a situation of healing. It could be for the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And those are my fighting words. Why? Because maybe I've let bitterness in me. This is why we have to listen We have to hide his word in our heart and we listen to the Holy Ghost. We listen to his promptings. And then in that moment of our battle, he then brings up what we have been hearing and hearing and faith has been rising and hearing and we've been putting in us and we've been keeping it before our eyes. The Holy Spirit will then bring that word up out of us and out of our mouth and that is when it becomes a destroying weapon that is powerful. It is that knowledge that then becomes wisdom to that situation. And that wisdom is not just a good idea. That wisdom is the wisdom of God. And God knows exactly what to do in every situation to line this out. He knows what to say. He knows what to do. He knows where you should be. He knows what you should be thinking on. He knows what you should cut out of your life. He knows what you should put into your life. He knows all of these things because he is truth and he is trustworthy. And there is absolutely no error in him and his word. So then that, now that word that was hidden in my heart now becomes a rhema word from God that completely annihilates the enemy trying to attack me in that way. And then I don't don't lose grip on that word. I keep my grip on it. I hold fast. Because through faith and patience you inherit the promises of God. But do you understand where this first comes? Do you honor the word enough to know that it is truth and it is enough? It is more than enough. So let's be people that are the 11%. Seven times a week, I am in my word. And then I start my day like that and then I walk through my day. And that word is just cultivating. It's just, it's in good soil. It's good ground. And it's just cultivating a hunger for even more because I know that it's the word of God and it is truth and it is a firm enough foundation to step out on and I will not fall because it does not err. Amen? And when lies come, I recognize them because I already know the truth. Not going to get me, devil. I know the truth. That is how we are going to be a light. We talk different. We look different. We act different. We respond different. Amen? Let's stand this morning. Let's just bow our heads. And I want to give anybody an opportunity. First of all, let me say this. Sometimes I felt like, especially through like my teenage and my young adult years, I felt like, man, I want to be in your word every day. And then I would get like, I would almost feel condemnation when I wouldn't. So that's not the heart of this message. The heart of this is, is that the scripture says you cannot live by bread alone, but by every single word that comes from the mouth of God. And I realized 
All right. I missed the mark today, Lord. I'm going to get it. I missed the mark here. Okay, that's all right. I'm going to get it. We go boldly to the throne of grace that we may receive help, mercy, in time of need. We don't ever run from him, but ask him to help you. Lord, what should I carve out of my day so that I can put your word in it? Help me. And he will, because he's good. And the more you do, I guarantee you, you're going to see revelation and insight, and your relationship with God is going to go to another level. A level you've never been to before. As we honor and hold very dear his words of life. Amen. So if there's anybody in this place, maybe you don't, I mean, the first step is knowing Jesus as your Savior. If there's anybody online, if you don't know him, if you've never asked him into your heart, or maybe you have and you've kind of just gone your own way and you want to get back on track, we want to pray for you today. If you want to be stable and steady in life, Jesus was the living word. And he came and gave everything he was so that we could be in right standing with the Father. And it's a good place to be. Not saying it doesn't have its challenges, not saying you're going to just escape all of the things of the world, but you will actually have a stable foundation to live on in Jesus. So if that's you in this place, you want to accept Jesus this morning, give, give your heart to him or rededicate your life to him. I just want you to slip up your hand. The ushers will help me see maybe where I can't see. If there's anybody online. Anybody online, Josh? No? Okay. Well, you can always contact us, but I trust everybody's doing great. That's awesome. God is faithful. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. We praise you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, that you are um, speaking to us as we go out, Lord, that you're helping us to order our life, Lord, where we can really uh, live in such a way that we seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. And you take care of everything for us, Lord. We want to burn for you. We want to burn for you. You know, this is just rising up in my heart, that reading the word is kindling to your spirit. It stirs. We thank you for your word, Lord. We honor your word as truth. We're so grateful for it. In Jesus' name, bless the people as they go. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.